What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the No Regrets Marriage Podcast. I'm your host, Johnny Morton, joined today again by my beautiful wife, Carla. And we're going to be talking about rituals today. So word association, Carla. When All right. Here, just your first thoughts when you hear the word ritual. I really like this game, by the way, but go ahead. Okay. You do or you don't like it? No, I do. I do like okay. it a lot. We'll yeah. do it another time. That'd be okay. interesting. So ritual, what comes to mind? First things that come to mind. Hmm, ritual, like the actual ritual or what I think it means or what? Just the word ritual. <laughs> you kind of messed that up, didn't I? Okay. Um, I, so, repetitive. Yeah, would, would you have to explain word association I know, yeah, it kind of messes it up. Okay. I mean, something that's repetitive, something that's... Um, that you obviously do all the time, that you associate maybe with certain things. Okay. You know, I, I think when I first think of the word ritual, I think more of probably like church in particular. I think more of, you know, well, I mean, I, I guess in a lot of churches, my, my first thoughts were going towards Catholic church, but I think in a lot of them, I think there's like some churches that every Sunday the congregation recites certain things, the Apostles' Creed. Okay. Uh, I grew up in a church when I was in Valdosta, and I want to say that we sang the doxology every Sunday morning. Gotcha. And, you know, on the one hand, you look at it and you think, oh, this again? But there is a sense of that binding you together. If you remember when we went to Italy, and we were in Florence, and we went to the Duomo, and we actually decided we wanted to go to a Mass. We're not Catholic, by the way. And we decided it might be kind of cool to go to a mass there in this yes. historic church in the middle of Italy. Gosh, beautiful. And uh, so it was beautiful. It was in little, one of the little side chapels. It was done in English. Otherwise, we'd have been totally lost. <laughs> and there was something about participating in something, the same words, that people all over the world in Catholic churches were doing the same day and probably at the same time that we were. It was a ritual that was really incredibly powerful. Yeah, it was. And like you said, since we're not Catholic, that has not been something that we've had that much exposure to particularly, but it really was very powerful to think that across, like you said, across the world... People were saying and doing that exact same thing. Yeah, there was such a sense of the worldwide nature of the church at that moment that I was a part of something so much bigger than my local church. Yes. Um, well, I think that goes to speak of the power of ritual. And so we want to talk about today, not in the sense of, you know, rituals that may be happening in your church. And not even so much rituals that may be part of your, quote, family tradition. You know, we've sort of talked about that before when it comes to how you celebrate the holidays, how you maybe you do birthdays or different things like that. But we particularly want to talk about how do you use the power of ritual, and there is something powerful to it, something that you repeat over and over again. It becomes habitual, as you said earlier. What are those things you can do in your marriage to really create a powerful connection between you and your spouse. And so that's what our focus is going to be tonight. 
And, you know, I'd be honest, I would love to hear from some of you that are listening. And you can email us at uh, Johnny Morton at noregrets.org, or you can do that to Carla Morton, all one word, at noregrets.org. I'd love to hear about what are some of the rituals that you have in your marriage that are really powerful connectors for you. So until we hear from you, and we would love to share some of those later on, uh, let's talk about some of the ideas and different ways that rituals can really be used to create that intimate connection. You know, if you've listened to our podcast at all, you know, one of the words we use a lot is intentionality. Be intentional, and rituals are a great way to be intentional. Yes, they are. Um, you know, we, we've mentioned holidays and how you do those. Those can be important. But let's talk about some other things. Uh, when you think of our relationship, and we, we did kind of laugh about this before because we've sort of had rituals that have come and gone, so maybe you wouldn't call them a ritual. Call them a ritual if they They were a ritual away. at one time, and they've sort well, of changed. Well, and no, there may be um, a point to that. There may be different times and different seasons yes. where what you are doing as a couple and sort of what is some of your things that connect to you um, might look different. And as you look back over more and more years together, that may ebb and flow as to what you're doing. I think the point would be, man, you want to have some of these things. Like if somebody were to stop you on the street and say, hey, what do you and your spouse do that's a ritual? You want to be able to think, okay, what do we do? And you want to think about what are those things that are unique to you all that are the the little pieces of connection that maybe just the two of you know about and nobody else. So one of the ones that when we were thinking about this, we talked about that we no longer do, and there is good reason for that, was our Dairy Queen date night. Um, There's no slam on the Dairy Queen, by the way, but it's just, yeah. You can no, no, it's not. We, it's, yeah, we didn't end the ritual because of Dairy Queen. Of Dairy Queen, no. But there no was slam. a time in our life that, one, we wanted to be intentional about building into each other spiritually. And that's when we started choosing a book. And we'd go one chapter a week, every two or weeks. Or so, yeah. And, but we would have date night at Dairy Queen because it was cheap. And we were always kind of sort of on a budget. And so it was quick, easy, convenient, kind of sort of fun because it was kind of comfort food. It was kind of bad food. Well, it you was. Know. And, and the main point was, though, that that was something we did to build into us as a couple. I was just mentioning the food because it, it was kind of food. I understand. That's close to your heart. To, yeah. Um, and, and so you might ask, why don't we do it as a ritual anymore? Well, once we started our marriage ministry, to be honest, we spent lots of time talking about, you know, different books, different things, things, spiritual things all the time in connection with the ministry. And so there really wasn't that need for that particular particular, ritual. And the other piece was, I do believe we initially started that when we still had kids at home. Yeah, we did. And so sometime, especially as they got older, they could be by themselves, things like that. We could still go do that or they've got other plans. They're somewhere else, but you need a little date night. So Obviously, once you're empty nesters, those dynamics change a little bit sometime. And so while we're talking about date night, I think date night can be a great ritual. Yes, it can. Uh, I remember we were doing premarital counseling with a couple, and they said Wednesday nights were their date night. Yeah, I hope they're listening. They know we're talking about them. Yeah, that's really cute because they've established that 
prior to. Yeah, it's kind of cool because almost everybody you think, okay, on the weekend, you have a date on the weekend. But to have that midweek date, man, what a great way to sort of reconnect, recharge in the middle of the week. In the middle of the week. And in that case, especially if your jobs, your situation in life happens to be where it it is hard. You are kind of running in different directions. And then, like you said, sort of have an established midweek one. So that was cute. But okay, so besides date night, which is kind of an obvious, I think we want to talk about some what you might even consider the smaller, maybe things you don't even realize are happening. Yeah, let's talk about, I think this is an easy one, because let's be honest, one of the things we want to encourage you to do, if you're not if ritual is not a part of your marriage right now, we want to encourage you to do that. To start doing it. Yeah, yeah, to make it. And that's something that for you and your spouse to talk about. Hey, what are things we would like to do? Uh, one of the easiest things to do, and these are just sort of those five key moments every day that every couple's going to have. Five key moments? Five okay. key moments. And that would be when you get up in the morning. Okay. Secondly, when you leave in the morning, whoever leaves, however you depart from each other. Okay. I think a midday check-in Okay. just sort of can be a text or whatever. Hey, how are you doing? Thinking about you. When you first see them, whether that's them coming home or maybe you're meeting somewhere for dinner to go get a bite to eat, and then when you go to bed at night. Okay. Because pretty much everybody experiences those in some degree. And even when you're apart from each other, let's say you're on a trip, you have to be a part of something, how you can still practice those rituals in a different way. Yes, and I would say even if you are thinking, well, we work off shifts and I'm working nights now, and, you know, still, one of you still going to bed and one of you still getting up and things like that. And, gosh, we did that for a lot of years, uh, me being in healthcare, and I worked off shifts. And so I would, sometimes Johnny might call and say, I'm headed to bed or whatever, whatever. And so there was a check-in, even when you're not together, you could maybe do some of those same points. Yeah, and so some of ours right now when it comes to these, and we don't, we'll be honest here, brutal honesty. Brutal honesty. I wish because we did them every single day, and we don't. But we do do them a lot. I was just thinking about this. I think one time in the morning, when we get up in the mornings, not one time, a lot of mornings when we get up, and especially if we're getting up sort of a similar time, otherwise the person who's still sleeping will tend to be very grumpy if the other person wakes them up. Yes. Uh, but it's just some little snuggle and cuddle time, just to hold each other for a few minutes as you start the day. Yeah, um, yeah, you're right, and I'm not really for that if I do not have yeah, to get if you don't up. Have to get let, a, I know. let me just say, I know that. I'm okay. going to get an elbow if okay, I so, do that. But all right, so you're saying just even a moment of just touch time, just, just touch time, just to just hold a each little other. bit before you get out of the bed and face the day. You got it. Okay. Uh, when we say goodbye, when we're leaving, when we're leaving, and a lot of times right now because I have a home office, it's usually you leaving. Okay, yes. And normally you're going to say you leave me, but it's also going to be, we would like to have the thing that it's a, hey, it's a kiss goodbye or whatever you want to do. Okay, yeah. That depends on the couple. Yeah, yeah. How do you, how do you handle the leaving out the door? Yeah. yeah. What does that look like? Yeah. yeah. What kind of ritual could you build around that? Yeah. And one thing I've tried to be more conscious of and do better is just, and you do good, is just check on each other. You mean during good, the day? Yeah, during, during the day. The day Just when, a yeah. quick, it could be a phone call, it could be a text. Hey, thinking about you, how's your day going? 
And, you know, it is, I do think in this day and age, um, that is something that I think is an ability that people have the opportunity to do that 50 years ago was not there. Because you think about 50 years ago without the ability of, you know, the phones, the cell phones, the texting, you know, all that, you, depending on your job, that that might have been hard to connect during the day, depending on what you did. Today, there's probably very few positions and roles in life that there is no time at all that you don't have a break, a lunch, a something, you know, in between patients, in between court cases, in between whatever, that you can't touch base with your spouse. So that's kind of cool that that can be sometime during the day. And I always think it's kind of neat when I see couples do that. And it's just kind of a way of bridging the fact that you're in two different worlds doing two different things, but you're just taking a moment or two to either share something, check in, you know, give some update, whatever. I think it's kind of cool. Yeah, and let me just say with this, what you don't want to do is put pressure on the other person to have to respond to you. Yes, that's a good point. Yeah, because we've, we've had some couples that have said they sort of felt stressed about that before, and you don't want to do that. And so just the act of saying, hey, thinking about you, how's your day? If they can respond, great. If not, even if they can't, they know that that person has tried to make a connection there. Yeah, I was going to say, maybe it's just an emoji. Maybe it's not even a question. And the other thing would be, is is this a way your spouse would like to hear or connect from you during the day? And, and maybe there is a situation where that would not be ideal. And so you talk about that, and maybe that's not going to work for everybody. Yeah, especially for some of you who married to a words of affirmation person, this is probably one of the big ways that you can connect with connect, them. Connect, yeah, true. Is doing something like that. Um, all right, let's talk about when you first see each other. Like in the morning? No. Um, when, let's ugh. say, you've been gone all day and you come home or your spouse comes home or you meet somewhere, mm. how do you want to be greeted then? Okay, I got a, I got a laundry list on this. I know, he's rolling his it's eyes, y'all. A... Sorry this is not on video. <laughs> okay, so I think... Okay, and I know when I say this, you're going to say, that's not true. But okay, so I think just the idea of stopping whatever you're doing when you hear the door open or the restaurant or the ball game or whenever they walk up and you first visually get eyes on them is an immediate just, hey, how are you? Yeah, that, that really heavy, heavy baited breath is good. Hey, how say, are you? Yeah, if you say it like that, it really adds value. Yeah. No, but just that idea that I see you. and Kind you of know, sultry there. Well, and we talk about a lot. Uh, this is really hard for me because I'm extremely ADD. Yes, And I it get hyper focused. That's the reason I said yeah. that. All right, so, but the idea when you think about it, so much of the communication is visual, nonverbal. So you could almost peg where your spouse is many times by visibly looking at them. Do they look exhausted? Mm. Do they look just beyond stressed? Do they look lighthearted, happy? Are they, you know, how, where are they? And you might can pick that up before they even open their mouth. But to just put eyes on them and say, hey, Oh, good, you're home, or hey there, you know, or whatever that looks like for you all, but just 
taking the split second to look at them and see how they are. And it may be that you get that, ooh, okay, they're going to need some time to decompress. I can tell that. And you're like, you know, then you may figure out how does that look. And we've had other podcasts around talking about that. Like, how do you give each other space to do that when you're coming in and you need to disconnect from the world you've been in and step into your home and step back into each other and your family? And so you may need a little bit of time to do that. But I just think acknowledging when you have come back is really important. Noted. Noted. Okay. Yes, we'll follow I will try back this up with you all later I, on how yeah, that goes. Yeah, she'll give me a grade on that. Right now, she'll probably give me a grade of a D, I would bet. Well, I think the, the thing for you sometimes is the challenge because you are ADD. Sometimes you're in the middle of something and you holler and acknowledge that you heard me come in or something like that. But there's no stopping to look at me, say anything. And so, you know, for sometimes, for some people, that may be like, well, do you care that I'm home? Do you care that I'm here? And so, Point taken. you know, that could, for some couples, that may set the tone to not be something that you want to set for the rest of the evening. Okay. So you got four points. You got getting up in the morning, leaving in the morning, uh, touching base with them throughout the day. When you first see each other in the evening, afternoon, whatever it might be for you. And the final one is what kind of good night ritual do you have? Now, for us, we don't almost ever go to bed at the same time. Correct. Part of that's because I'm a night owl. You're usually getting up in the morning, but also one, you yeah, used to I tell me I'd snore and that you need time to get to sleep. Yeah, it's all those factors. Yeah, yeah true. All of those things. But one thing I think we are pretty good at is. We don't ever, like, just, you know, you go into the bedroom, I go out somewhere else and not see each other. I'm always going to go in, tell you goodnight, give you a kiss, turn out the lights, and then head back to do whatever I was going to do. Yes, that's, yeah, I would say that's pretty much something that we do consistently do. Okay, so those are just five areas that you can build ritual into your marriage. And I think when you say that, you're like, okay, Johnny and Carla, we got that. That sounds pretty simplistic. Why are you talking about this? But what we would say about that is you would be amazed, really, how much connection it is building in a couple when you are consistently doing these kind of little rituals. They are the things that bind you. You know, they are the things that make you, the two of you, unique. As yeah, we they talk, connect you in a way that you're not connecting to somebody to else. To anybody else. Because you're not doing that. I'm not kissing anybody else goodnight. Thank good night. you. That's yes. good news. That's good thing. Um, you know, and so I think, and obviously there are other things we're going to mention here, but those are five key things that just happen that I think are just literally simple. almost every day. Yeah, let's mention a couple that we've mentioned before on previous podcasts. Uh, we talked about, you know, making a daily ritual of doing your highs and lows, or as we called them, peaches and pits. Best part of your day, maybe the not so best part of your day. Uh, the other one we've talked about, and we've done podcasts on the five questions. That's sort of a weekly ritual. And, and I think that's one of the most powerful ones you can do in establishing your relationship. So if you're not sure what that is, check the back podcast and go listen to that one. That is the five questions for the week. Um, but then you asked, I thought this was interesting when we started talking about this, you brought up, Hey, what are those things 
that if your spouse was suddenly not there, and we're not talking, it doesn't have to be death. Let's just say they're going. I was meaning death though. Yeah, I know. Let's just say they're going on an extended trip. What if I went off on a month long trip away Hmm. from you? Yeah. More short term, little longer, not an overnight. What are those things that you would feel and what are those areas you would feel their absence all of a sudden that you might normally not think about it? And I think those would tell you, if you, if you answer that question, what would I feel all of a sudden, man, okay, well, we normally have coffee together every morning, or maybe they just, they're the spouse that make the coffee and leave it on. Or maybe they're the spouse that always checks X and always does this thing for you or for your home or for whatever. Yeah, who's the one who locks up at night and yeah. makes sure everything's secure? Yeah, and maybe you're if you're not the one that does that and you know your spouse does it because they're OCD about it, so you don't ever think about it yourself, all of a sudden you'd be like, oh, they're not, they're not here tonight to do that. And they're the little things that we do for one another and with one another that really seem in and of themselves maybe insignificant, but again, they build this weaving that makes strength there that we had, I don't know that we ever shared this on a podcast before, but it was something that we had read or been told about. And it was sadly the story of actually an an attorney telling the story of her own unfortunate um, divorce. And what she cited was, when I look back and think what happened, what went wrong, where did it get off tracks? And she said, what I kind of remembered was, all of a sudden, he wasn't making coffee for me in the mornings anymore. Now, maybe that just happened. But maybe there was a whole bunch of things tied to that. And it was something that they were doing, one was doing for the other. And they didn't even notice it for a long time. And then they realized, man, we lost that. And And what else did we lose? So maybe here, one of the things you can see when we talk about the power of ritual, not only are they the things that really can bind you together and create that connection, but they can also be sort of an early warning system. Yeah, when something goes that maybe, off. Maybe, hey, when something's changed in the way that your spouse is doing things and you've suddenly moved away from those rituals. We may need to be asking Maybe that's some a questions. thing to say, ooh, is that a warning flag? What's going on here? And a yeah. really question. I hadn't really thought about that. Um, some of the things, and I know we were. You know, we want to give you some of our own examples, and I'm sure you may have your own, especially when you think about this. You may think, I don't have rituals, and then suddenly you realize by asking the question Carla just did, well, maybe we do we have really some do rituals. Have stuff we just we don't do. call them that. Um, I'm usually the one I fix coffee for us in the morning. And if I, you're going to get up earlier than I do, which you do often, then I'm going to set it so the coffee's ready for when you get up. And it's a sweet thing. Uh, I iron your clothes. Okay, that's like that people just fainted. Okay, but yes, he does iron the clothes. And okay, but how did we get into that ritual? I have no idea. How did we get into that? Well, I think the funny thing was years ago, and Johnny would get out that iron. Some of you might be thinking, well, Carl, that would have been nice for you to iron. But anyway, however it was, Johnny was 
getting out the ironing board to iron his clothes at night. And so I started sort of just putting mine at the end of the ironing board, like, okay, the ironing board's already out. You're already going to be there with the iron, the whole deal. Maybe I just slide my shirt in there, slide my pants. And before you know it, it became a ritual. She has me trained. Yeah, it became a ritual. And so it is, you say that, and we're kind of making fun of it a little bit. But it is, but it's, it's a, a sweet it's a, it's thing. It's a small act of love. Yeah, it that really I can is. Do, and it really doesn't take a whole lot out of and me. And you, to be you a lot of times, as he said, he'd be watching TV late or something, you know, something like that, the sports or whatever. And so he didn't really mind doing some ironing. And so I just slide my stuff in there. Um, so we have an ironing ritual, kind of weird. Idea. Yeah, kind of weird. Uh, another one that I think has been big and important in our life is our Saturday morning meeting, meeting time, where, you know, usually you're up and you're doing your quiet time in that. I'm usually up watching soccer. But sometime in that morning, we're going to sit in a room, have a cup of coffee, and just sort of go over. For us, a lot of times it's ministry stuff, or other times it's just, you know, hey, what's going on? What's going with you? What do we got coming up? Things like that. It's just sort of that weekly connection time. That can be a ritual. Yeah. And um, I, and then actually, for me, that's become something I really love. And I, we realize, again, that we are saying this from a point of not having children. And so we get that some of the things we might tell you we're doing at this point, you're like, oh, the kids are caught climbing all over us. Oh, there's not a quiet moment. And so, again, your rituals in the throws of little bitty children that are at your kneecaps and need constant attention are going to look different. But what is so precious about that is sometimes they even have more power because you have to come up with cute little words and things you say. Yeah, shared, la- shared language that's yeah. unique to you can be a powerful ritual. And you're not going to say everything in front of your kids, whether big or small. And so you may have little phrases, little things that you say that clue the other person to something. Let's and- make cookies. Yes. That was one of our phrases. <laughs> yes, it was. And we're not but- going any further into what that means. It just meant, hey, we need some intimate time with each yes, other. Yes, that's what it meant. And, of course, you know, it was a kind of a backfire when the kids started jumping up and down. Can we make cookies? Well, kill two birds with <laughs> so one stone anyway, there. Um, but it's it's sweet things that you can do, again, over the heads of your little ones and with eye contact and some little phrases that, again, are part of that connection. Yeah, when you think about it, I, I think rituals are probably a part of everybody's life. They just don't think of them that way. Yeah. You do a lot of rituals with your children already, I would bet. Yeah. Bedtime, how you do it, read them a story, praying with them before they go to bed, Bath, those kind of things. Whatever. Now, what we really want you to start thinking about is how can we, what rituals are already there? And I think it's good to recognize them. Or, man, are there some areas that we need to be attentive? and really build some rituals in our marriage, man, is a real part of pouring into us, maintaining connection, and really being intentional about some of those areas in our life. Yeah, and again, I think there's just, it's, it's a, as we said, it's a little thing, but it's a power pack thing. And it's just, again, the uniqueness of the little things that the two of you have that are going to be different than somebody else's stuff. And you might hear somebody else's and go, okay, that's totally weird. And, you know, but for them, that's a connection. Yeah, you get to decide the rituals that you want to make part of your marriage. Yeah. 
So on that note, hey, thanks for spending time with us. And as always, keep on forging. Thank you.